0: Welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round.
1: Hi, this is Randy, and I will be continuing our Beach Party movie series with How to Stuff a Wild Bikini. Alright,
2: well, (laughs) I didn't hear that title before we were, uh, we got on, on the air here. But this is Cole, and I'm going to be talking about Bagpipe Appreciation Day and some fun history relating to bagpipes there.
1: And you shake your head at my topic.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. I guess they're both uh, they're both stuffed. Just one is a sheep's bladder, and one is That's a uh, bikini. bikini. Yep, it's basically the same thing.
3: <laughs> and this is Sydney, and I will be continuing my series on Disney attractions, specifically the Grand Fiesta Tour, starring the Three Caballeros at. Um, Disney World, Epcot World Showcase in Mexico Pavilion.
1: Mm. Very fun. As always, we begin with our holiday happenings. So what holiday happenings do we have for the week? It is hot. <laughs> yeah, that's it not is, very holiday-y.
0: is summery, hot weather. Friends of ours are at camp this week, so they are going to be in 90 degree weather.
1: With a bunch of kids. Yeah. Yes. So camp in the sense of an actual... Camp where kids go to a camp. Yes. Yep. And we did go to Hobby Lobby earlier in the week. Um made a quick visit there to um to look for some things and we saw lots of fall decorations. It was
0: so fun. Yep. <laughs> it's it's fun to think of that cooler weather is gonna come
3: back. Yes.
1: Yeah, lots of fall decorations and a lot more Christmas decorations than last month when we went.
3: Yeah, in fact some Christmas trees, yeah.
1: Yep. So they're really starting to pull that stuff out. Very little actual um, kind of summary stuff left.
0: Unfortunately, though, nothing is on sale yet.
1: Not the fall or the winter stuff. Right.
0: Because a lot of times, you know, the Hobby Lobby has 40% off. But it's too far away yet. That's right. Wait a little longer.
1: The other thing I know that's happening this week, we haven't had a chance to go uh, see them in person, is the Hallmark Keepsake Ornament Preview is this week. Oh. So, all the ornaments that they will put out for Christmas are on display. while A portion of them are on display. Uh, we have a Hallmark that's not too far, <laughs> half hours are away, but we haven't had a chance to go up there. But as a member of the Keepsake Ornament Club, <laughs> which you are, I do get the catalog mailed to our home. So, I've been able well, to see goodness. those ahead of time. And I saw some people on various Disney sites posting ornaments that they got this past week like there's a a haunted mansion one that plays like the inside part of the ride um yeah there's some fun disney ones there as well.
0: well that's exciting
1: and a few days ago it was actually national kitten day yeah so
2: speaking of national kitten day two things first of all you can probably hear onyx in the background there with her meowing she has kind of a something about her meow just pierces through, even from the floor or the, uh, whatever chair she happens to be sitting on, so you might hear that a little bit. (laughs) There she goes. Then the other thing was I was having a cookout with some friends the other day, and we heard some small meowing, and (laughs) Like that. Thank you. No,
0: not like that. That's piercing.
2: We heard some little meows, and we're looking around for wherever this little kitten was, and we found it up in a tree above my neighbor's place, so- uh, eventually they convinced me to go up and get the kitten out of the tree. It ran under the house and we left a, uh, colossal shrimp for it <laughs> right at the entrance. Um, peeled, deveined, and with the tail off. Not that the kitten will care too much, but...
0: It's not going to have to work for that one. Yeah. It already was probably by uh, climb. I
2: had, uh, texted a, uh, a friend who works at the, uh, SBCA and I was asking, um, she ended up uh, not being able to respond until after the kitten had fled. Um, but I was asking, hey, what's the best thing to do if... Because people were talking about, like, the fire department and all of that. So I was like, let me see what the actual best route to get a kitten out of a tree is. And
0: You always see the fire yeah. department on shows, yeah. right? That they're there yeah, to... But she,
2: she texted back and said, kittens are great at getting themselves into trouble.
0: True.
2: Yep. So... We've got a a kitten living underneath our neighbor's house now in the spirit of National Kitten Day. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, thank you for sharing, that.
0: They're so cute. They
2: are. It was, it had little socks, and it was fuzzy. Of course.
1: Moving on to uh, our continuing beach party movie topic. So this week, as I mentioned, I will be covering How to Stuff a Wild Bikini, which was filmed in 1965. Um... Over a quick 15 days. Um, every time you say the title,
2: mom makes a face. Over <laughs> it is a, uh, yeah. Interesting,
0: right. It's just
1: a, yeah. It's a product of its time, mom. This it is, is. This is history right here. So as I mentioned previously, the last movie I covered was the last time Frankie and Dee Dee, that would be sharing screen time together and that actually isn't technically true because they're on the screen at the same time in this movie although very briefly maybe at a total uh, uh, a few minutes at the end and Frankie's in the movie sporadically throughout so let me get into the plot so Frankie is on maneuvers in Tahiti in the South Seas with the naval reserve and he uh, doesn't have a lot of to do down there, it doesn't sound like it. doesn't sound like it. <laughs> so he hangs around the Native girls a lot. And as he's thinking about the fact that he's hanging around the Native girls a lot, he it comes to his head that maybe Dee Dee might not be being as faithful to him since he's not being super faithful to her. So that causes some him some concern. And he shares that with the girl he happens to be with, who says, well, why don't you go? To the witch doctor and see what the witch doctor <laughs> can do oh. to help you. Okay, yes. so this is going to be one of those movies. Yes, exactly. It's a, it's yet another one. So now we go into the witch doctor world. <laughs> the world of magic. Um, in this case, he hires local witch doctor who's played by Buster Keaton. This is his third movie. And he played the Native American in the first movie he was in.
0: And then like a painter or something yeah, in the second. in
1: the second one. And now he is the witch doctor. And he offers for... Uh, what he calls Torpedo Juice, to give Frankie daily insight into what's going on with Dee Dee back at the beach. Torpedo Juice is is alcohol, basically. So he just wants this kind of homemade moonshine stuff. And he also sends a wild bikini to the guys back at, in the Malibu beach area. The wild bikini, at first, appears on the beach just as a bikini top and a Bikini bottom, just walking without anybody in it.
0: It's a cartoon. Yeah, Literally, so goes, a cartoon top it's of ball.
1: And, and everyone can see it. And everyone sees it coming. And then they see um, it go behind these surfboards. And then it's filled with a girl. Okay,
0: Very so pretty girl. Very
1: pretty girl. And that, that girl is supposed to distract any guy that might be interested in Dee Dee mm. uh, with her. Right. So that's kind of how the wish doctor is going to help Frankie. He also sends this really annoying stork. That hangs around Dee uh, all the time.
0: Or Pelican. Was it a Pelican?
1: It, I don't know. I'm not really up on... That yeah, wasn't one know. of our songbirds, so I'm not really sure. I know! Did it <laughs> have uh, long legs or short legs? And,
0: short. Short legs. So short legs. A pelican, pelican yeah. yeah.
1: So you think it was
2: a pelican? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Because dorks are like...
0: Pretty long-legged. Yeah, they're the ones that, that yeah, like pelican,
2: have long yeah. legs and they bend backwards.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Pelican does make more sense. This then gets into, as all these movies do, into the subplots. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the multi-levels of Wait, subplots. And
0: here's where it gets more complicated. Does,
2: <laughs> does Eric Von Zipper show up? Yes. 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 <laughs> you,
1: what, you stupid? <laughs> That's says. one of his favorite things. Of course things. he does. What, you stupid? <laughs> Subplot number one. There is a... Uh, ad executive who's looking for the all-American girl and all-American boy to help sell their product across the country. And they're looking for somebody to fill that role. And they happen to go down to the beach where the the boys and the girls are. They see the girl that just filled the wild bikini. I
0: think her name's Cassandra.
1: And her name is Cassandra, and they brought a boy with them, uh, Dwayne, is who they think's going to be the all-American boy to go with that girl.
0: And they're selling cycles. Right. right. They're trying to get the, they're trying to rebrand Motorcycles for the all-American girl and boy.
1: Yes, that's right. So, unfortunately for Frankie, the voodoo that they put into the girl who's in the Wild Bikini, the recipe was a little bit off. So, Dwayne actually wasn't interested in her. And you could see her kind of like the, the girl, Cassandra, kind of like make a funny noise. You were supposed to know that that was the magic not working correctly. So, he is more interested in... Annette, who's sitting on a beach blanket, not really connected to this whole circus that's going on on the beach. She's just reading a book. And that's who he ends up being interested in, Dee Dee. He goes over and starts to flirt with her. And she does her typical kind of back and forth of one-liners, back and forth to him. So that goes on for a while. So there's back and forth between who's going to be the all-American boy, who's going to be the all-American girl. There's going to be this big race since they're trying to sell... Motorcycles, so obviously, who gets involved then? Well, I think Eric Von Zipper rides motorcycles, doesn't he? Yes, he does. What? So he and his Rat Pack get involved, and it's a matter of well, who's going to ride with who? Right? Eric Von Zipper, of course, falls in love with Cassandra because he always falls in love with the
0: me leading the, yeah, the other, other lady, the, yeah. other lady right? the one that's not DD. Dee Dee.
1: That's right. So he ends up having her ride his motorcycle for the All American, and, and then he
0: changes his image to do it
1: and he has to change his image to be proper. So he mm. wears a suit, his gang isn't so sure about that, and he convinces them to be like him. So they actually go through this little screen thing where they go from wearing, they're marching behind him as the leader, and they get to this point where you can't see them and they come out, it's like a little, on a wall or a pole or something. And when they come out, they're all dressed up in suits. They all look nice, I thought.
0: Yeah, very. they're like very professional looking. Right, very, yeah. Not all American girl or boy at all. It's, Professional
1: looking, yeah, very professional. <laughs> yeah. looking. So they they have the race, and yeah. it's a long race. Oh my goodness! So like long. In, in movie time, it's like so long. It just goes on. And at one point, Randy constantly. was like,
0: "How long is this thing going to be?" I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> I'm like playing bubble pop at this point, <laughs> waiting for it right. to end. And
1: they're just doing silly things, like they're like they're trying to rig the race. So right, uh, it's all, It reminded me of the cartoons, the wacky races uh, with the cartoons as kids, where um, the bad guys would always try to like put grease on the, like literally they put grease on the on the dirt road. Yeah, they put fake walls up that were painted to look like like a, the road continued through this wall.
3: So basically, like a wildy coyote. Crossing. Exactly.
1: Right. Right. We're <laughs> like,
2: uh,
3: switching signs.
1: Like the old oh, speed racer cartoons, or yeah, well, yeah. That like more more. Yeah. More wily. Wow. Okay. So more comedic. Even yes. Than the more heat yes, <laughs> more that comedic. Yeah. That More <laughs> Yeah. I mean, just ridiculous things, right? You know, they, they go through hay one time and, and they're driving around their motorcycle with hay on their heads where they can't see. You know, it's just crazy. Right? In fact, that's how they finish the race is that Eric Von Zipper's motorcycle finishes right before Dwayne and Dee Dee's motorcycle. So Eric Von Zipper wins. He's going to be the all, all American boy. But they pull the uh, hay off of him and Mm. Cassandra, and it ends up that Cassandra was driving. And that was a disqualification. So he was disqualified because he had to be the driver at the end.
3: Um, How did they switch? Because
1: they're
3: silly.
0: Okay. (laughs) In the
1: antics, it just switched. They probably,
0: like, bounced up in the air and switched or something. Like, (laughs) it was just silly.
1: Yes. So in the end, Dwayne and Dee Dee win the race. But... You know, some final little antics where Dee Dee realizes that it's Frankie that she wants to be with. Dwayne doesn't want a serious relationship. He just wants to, you know, be kind of light and girlfriend kind of thing. and But nothing anything serious. Uh, <laughs> and everything kind of comes back to the, where it always comes back to. Except, of course, Frankie's in Tahiti. So Frankie comes to the witch doctor at the end and says, I got to get from Tahiti to Dee Dee. Um, <laughs> It was going to take me eight days to get there. Can you? Is there anything you could do to yeah. um, to help me? And he brings actually brings in our torpedo, an actual torpedo, into okay. the hut. No, so he can he's not they can gonna, squeeze, their squeeze their his own,
0: own torpedo juice.
1: <laughs> so the witch doctor can squeeze his own torpedo juice. Oh, okay. Like a full I thought they were going to like eight tie him to the no, torpedo. I thought that too. So the witch doctor calls in his daughter, who's a professional. If anyone can do anything, it's her. The witch doctor actually drinks too much, so he gets. He disappears at some point. You You can see the back of the daughter, and she does some magic, and Frankie disappears. So there's two different things. Let's go to Frankie. Frankie (laughs) appears where the pelican was. The pelican has been there the whole time to annoy Dwayne, right? And he's gotten in the middle of any kind of connection. Is it like. Animated or is it no, a No, it's a real, it's, it's like a, like a real... trained pelican. But it's so just it just like squawks. And it squawks. And it's just it, annoying. And it it's gets big. like close to them and it stretches out its wings sometimes. Yeah, it's and, just like annoying. Yeah, yeah. They
0: were like, what's with that annoying pelican? Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's like a <laughs> running well, joke. Well, yeah, and in fact, Dwayne says to Dee, Dee is that your bird? And she's like, no. <laughs> I mean, it's there all the time. <laughs> so um, so Frankie appears where the pelican was and Dee Dee says something where it Frankie, if he was there, could answer, and then he ends up answering, and she looks, and she sees him, and then they have a happy reunion. So then you go over to, back to the uh, witch doctor's hut in Tahiti, and they show the front of the daughter, and it's Elizabeth Montgomery, who played the original Samantha Samantha on Bewitched, the TV show, So which was, at the time, a super popular show. It was in the second season of Running, and she was married... To the actual director of the movie, which is how she got that I wonder how
0: she got involved with that. Yes. And she did the she did the wiggling of her nose and everything. It yes. was clearly Samantha.
1: Yeah, it was definitely Samantha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was fun.
0: That was fun. I like that.
1: Yeah. So although the the motorcycle part was super long, like other parts of it were fun.
0: Yeah, it was a cute movie. Right, Cassandra. Instead of a gazelle, some other part was put in. And so she wasn't graceful; she was clumsy. Like that so, was she was beautiful, yeah, but clumsy. So that was
3: another little subplot. So was she animated or no. a real girl? She was a real girl.
0: Okay, that would
2: have been ridiculous if she was animated. But I mean, at this yeah, b-
3: but the bikini
2: on been, the beach yeah. looked
0: so dumb. The the animated well, that's a I
2: point. could just picture in my head the like them running the whole movie with this girl just animated, right?
0: Yeah, and the bikini.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah. But,
0: but it was a real girl, and she was very pretty, And but she was supposed to be clumsy. And they
1: had, like, this whole big clay beginning. Remember that? Where yeah. there's like, clay that was used to show the people's names that were involved in yeah. the show. They were doing a lot more um, in terms of, like, animations, I guess. Yeah. In the beginning and then during. Yeah. The other thing they did was they had the scene. Anytime they were on the beach, they would walk. So in the background, you would see the, the beach, but the people walking were obviously walking in place. I mean... Obviously, like so incredibly (laughs) obviously, like they were walking really really bad. It was, (laughs)
0: which is which is unfortunate because before they were always on the beach.
1: Yes, they're yes.
0: It was it was realistic,
1: and they had they had parts of it that were on the beach, just not the night the night scenes, right? Yeah. If it was nighttime on the beach, that's when they did that. The other thing that was interesting was the phase of beach. Music in movies was kind of on a downturn. So you notice in this movie, there's a, there's 11 songs, and there are songs that actually are integral to the plot. So they are now instead of just being a song, a fun song that's sung by some at the time famous group, now they're like almost like uh, Mary Poppins songs, where the the topic of the scene at hand is the topic of the song, and everybody in that. In that scene, sings along with it. Oh,
0: and it's oh, so they're
1: like songs where people
2: are doing things over the course of the song, yes, to move the plot forward. exactly, talking about so the it's plot. It's like a musical, right? Yes, At exactly. Yes. yes,
1: yes. So, uh, so it is interesting, very different than the other movies, which had you can see over time have gotten some of those, but this was like almost all of those. those yeah, only a couple of songs that weren't that way. So I mentioned Buster Keaton guest starred. I mentioned Elizabeth Montgomery guest starred. But the other big guest star was Mickey Rooney. So Mickey Rooney actually apparently picked up a quick 5000 for a week's worth of work to be part of this movie. I'd like to pick up a quick 5000 for a week's <laughs> worth yeah. of work. I, I, I and that
2: was in 1965.
0: <laughs> it would have been a lot more now.
1: Yep. Yeah. A couple other things about the movie, just quick hit things. There's some funny lyrics. The beach girls, the girls that are on the beach... Um, Actually, sing songs integral to the plot now. Um, And like one of the lines was, We got charm, we got looks, we got brains, we read books. Right? (laughs) So that was kind of funny.
0: But they were saying, What about me? Like, why couldn't she be the one? And there was really no good reason why any of the others couldn't have been. They just weren't the one that was in the wild bikini.
1: (laughs) The plot demanded that that the other one be it. Right. It was better than I thought it would be would be i mean there are parts of it that were kind of long
0: when i first saw that animated (laughs) bikini i had such low (laughs) hopes for it at that point i mean i had such low expectations for it
3: at that point you didn't have like a roger rabbit kind of hope
1: no for the
2: movie no okay no it sounds like it was very badly animated too it It was silly yes so intentionally badly animated.
0: I don't know that it was an intentionally badly animated <laughs> I think it was just for the time, that's what they could do. Yeah, I think so, too. So, that's what they did. Which means
1: 1965, so. As yeah. soon
0: as it was, as soon as she became a girl, everything was fine. Then it just became a fun movie, a funny movie.
2: Alright, so we're gonna go from one sandy shore to another here with Bagpipe Appreciation Uh-oh. Day. That's anyway. not Tahiti music. It's definitely not Tahiti music. But where do you think we're going today for our discussion of bagpipes?
0: Scotland?
2: Close. It's actually the Middle East. We'll uh, we'll get to that in a minute uh, there. I don't think
0: that's close. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for the affirmation. Yep. I gotcha.
2: The instruments have long been associated with Scotland. It's probably one of the kind of iconic symbols of the Scottish Highlanders.
3: Definitely.
2: The main components of the bagpipe are the bag, chanter, and the drones. The bag is usually made of animal skin or rubberized cloth and is inflated by having air breathed into it through a blowpipe or by using a bellows. It's one of those instruments that there's not a whole lot like the bagpipes. You have to wonder how someone came up with the bagpipes. I
0: actually (laughs) have wondered that when I've listened to it.
2: So the bag, the way that the bag is designed, it allows the sound to be continuous while the person using the instrument continues to take breaths, as well as having several tones at the same time, which we can tell because a single bagpipe seemingly has a lot of different notes going on all at the same time. I was thinking the other day, it's funny, if it would be a very disconcerting instrument to listen to if you had never heard bagpipes before. Yes. Yeah. You would not really know what was happening.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just thought it'd be hard to play because you've got the bag that you have to remember to keep filling with air, and then you have the the like instrument part that you have to move your fingers to get the right tune up. Like it's two things you're doing at once, right? Right. So it's yeah, interesting. It's one of the things that when you get
2: accustomed to it, it's actually not extremely, essentially not extremely complicated to use. Um, but it's been a folk instrument. For most of its kind of, I guess, lifetime, you could say, but it's also been used in parades, weddings, funerals, and particularly during the kind of colonial era, during battles, um, when you would have drummers normally in battle or trumpeters, you would also have, if you're British, bagpipers as wailing well. Ba- bagpipers. Wailing bagpipers. wailing bagpipers. <laughs> so There's definitely a... Uh,
0: an eerie tone going through an the An eerie
2: tone, and... yep. There's definitely, I imagine a psychological element to that, too, because the Highlanders were some of the better-trained British uh, soldiers, but...
1: Is this you just telling us you want bagpipes in your wedding?
2: Um, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'd be funny if I had a birthday coming up, but I was just, like, really hammering in. These bagpipes are awesome. But bagpipes have actually been used for centuries before any record of them was made. Not necessarily bagpipes as we know them today, but a lot of people think that they were invented in, or most sources indicate that they were invented in the Middle East, in Mesopotamia, where you would have a lot of herding of sheep and goats. They were probably initially used by shepherds who would play them to pass time while they were watching their flocks. They were relatively easy to make and use, just with whatever was around you, which was... Sheep bladders? Sheep ladders. <laughs> What, what other things do you think would have been uh, used in the instruments? Reeds. Yeah. Reeds, and then sheep bones as yeah. well. Oh. Okay. So those are sort of the, the early bagpipe. The three elements of it was sheep bladders, reeds, and bones.
3: Uh, I thought you were going to say that you used it to herd. You <laughs> just he freaked out the sheep. <laughs>
2: um, not from what I can tell. So the problem, what do you think the problem is with all of these instruments in terms of records?
0: Uh, nobody wants Not them? sticking
2: around. All the elements, they decay oh. really oh, quickly. Gotcha. I thought maybe nobody wanted to claim that they <laughs> made nobody them. Nobody wanted to claim that they made them. But it's sheep bones, bladders, and reeds. So all of them decay pretty quickly. Ah, oh, interesting. So they likely traveled from Mesopotamia into Greece. Wait. Where they were known as... Are you as, suggesting they
1: can travel? <laughs> Are you suggesting that, that, they, might, they, that can't they migrate? Keep. That's why they can't keep them.
2: <laughs> you make one, you play it for a day or two, you and then it, it just it runs off.
0: <laughs> you turn around and it's like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, just imagine, the sheep a, leg you didn't have to
2: remove off. the bladder from the sheep, you yeah. just had to put in the reed and, yeah. and play it <laughs> on the
0: <laughs> uh,
2: but they were called wineskin pipes when they were in greece uh and they're mentioned in a few different sources from different plays and stories throughout the latin and greek world the bagpipe was adopted throughout the roman empire like other elements well let's let's be honest like most elements of greek culture yeah the romans assimilated them and when the Romans invaded the British Isles, they then brought the bagpipe over into the British Isles. That's so interesting. Them. I didn't realize that the Romans
1: used bagpipes. Mm-hmm. Maybe
2: not as much. Maybe not. Probably not as much as the Scottish they did. They really liked it. The Scottish <laughs> really, really liked the bagpipes. But
0: the but Scotland was one area that the Romans wouldn't enter into.
2: Right. So when the Scottish just left.
0: Bagpipes <laughs>
3: Hopefully don't scare him. <laughs> they just threw them all over Then,
2: But looking out from Hadrian's wall into the mist, you're just your distant bagpipes. <laughs> it's like a, a Jurassic Park thing. They're learning. <laughs> <laughs> so like we said, the bagpipes stuck with the Scottish more than anyone else throughout the entire world. Bagpipe players often held honored positions in their clans. And there are... Going back to the 15th century, references to bagpipers in weddings, funerals, sort of cultural festivals and events. But they really took off in the 18th century when gunpowder weapons were used on battlefields. And the noise of a battle was increased sort of exponentially because you'd have cannons, gunfire, everything was really loud. And that was back when instruments were used to communicate across the battlefield. You'd use, a lot of people would use trumpets, a lot of people would use drums, um, but there was one instrument that the Scottish <laughs> had, which could seemingly pierce through anything. <laughs> Walls, so they were Yeah, so, um, as Guns well fire. as the psychological effect of using the bagpipe in battle, it was used to sort of determine movement, location, and kind of... Scream orders across the... <laughs> across the battlefield to each other. Definitely a... Initially, a highland instrument. It was picked up in the Scottish lowlands. There were kind of town bagpipers who would play dance music and songs at weddings.
1: That's hilarious. Pretty sure I like these. You know, because now dance music, you think of, like, the,
2: the DJs,
1: you know? Yeah. <laughs> so right, Well, like... bagpipers with the DJs of uh, <laughs> the <right>. 18th century. <laughs>
2: And there's a softer sounding Scottish lowland bagpipe, uh, which kind of became popular for about a century. I was going to say, I don't, I don't know that one. <laughs> right. Early, <laughs> it sounds lovely. <laughs> so bagpipes are actually well known all across the world now in militaries from, uh, we use them here in the US for a lot of uh, kind of ceremonial military, both funerals and events. Uh, And that's largely because of the union of England and Scotland. And then the British just went crazy with conquering most of the world. And and took it with them. You know, when you think of the British Empire, a lot of people just think of England. But Scotland was just as integral to the conquest of most of those territories as the English were. Um, So the bagpipe went as far as from Canada down to India to China, (laughs) South Africa... The Caribbean, anywhere where the British uh, landed, you'll now find bagpipes. So, really, Bagpipe Appreciation Day is a global holiday. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: it's international.
2: It's an international day. Yep. appreciation day on the 27th of July. The 27th of the July. July. So, whip out your uh, Highland or Lowland Scottish bagpipe, or if you happen to be a uh, pastoralist in Mesopotamia, Mesopotamia. Maybe whip out your uh, bone bladder and reed pipe. <laughs> You're um, making your own. Isn't, isn't great. This is a lot yep. like a PBI. Yeah. Uh, uh- yeah.
0: This is like a Pinterest area. <laughs> and, uh, <Make> your own <laughs> Give it a couple
1: of toots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually like bagpipes. I love bagpipe music. Do you guys like bagpipes?
0: Yeah. I do. I just, I like, I wouldn't listen to it every day, but I do like it. I like it when we go to, like, Scottish festivals and yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. One
2: thing that I watched in uh, kind of research for, uh, for this was something like a 10-minute, 9-minute video of bagpipers starting in one end of a town in Scotland and walking all the way through to where the uh, there were, like, Highland Games in this particular yeah. town. So that's the difference between Scottish bagpiping and bagpiping in other parts of the world. Is that when you're bagpiping for like a military procession, because this was a military kind of procession to the Scottish Highland Games, there's usually one or two bagpipers up front if you're not in Scotland, but in this, there were maybe 100 people in the procession, and about 15 did not have bagpipes. <laughs> right. Oh, right. Wow. Everyone else had bagpipes. Yeah.
1: Like when you go to Scotland, or you can watch them on video, or if you go to a Highland Games, like we've been to several Highland Games, uh, when the... Bagpipe groups come together to be large marching yeah. groups, all playing in in harmony with each other. It's just with their kilts and, yeah, and there, their fuzzy hats, paraphernalia, yeah, yeah. and the tar- tartans and uh, their colors and all that thing. is just, re- I think it's really impressive. I it really is. like. It. I know mm-hmm. some people can't stand can't stand bagpipe music, but I really do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, fun day. Yep,
2: fun day, fun time. Like I said, give it a couple of toots. <laughs>
3: We're moving on to the Grand Fiesta Tour starring the Three Caballeros, which is a boat ride in the Mexican Pavilion in the World Showcase in Disney World's Epcot. It
2: was a mouthful.
1: Yeah.
3: I was I was as we were talking, I was trying to determine how I wanted to say that. Okay.
1: Yeah, so the World Showcase is the part of Epcot which is split into two that has the International Yes. pavilion surrounding the right. big lake Surround so it's right. got all yeah. the different
3: countries
0: surrounding the yeah. lake 11
1: different countries
3: yes yeah. so this ride takes place in the mexican pavilion and i always really like this pavilion because it, it looks I know, like a you big always temple. even when you were
2: little you loved going yes. into this one so
3: it looks nice on the outside but on the inside it's dark but it has a lot of fun
1: artifacts and Our facts.
2: cultural things because you right, go yeah, in and it's of kind Mexico. of like you go down some stairs. There's kind right. of a like little museumish there's section from, from yeah. But then you go down, and it has all this kind of Spanish Mexican like architecture, and it's like dark and mm-hmm. made to look like it's kind of nighttime. And there's a little market down there. I was yeah. gonna say
0: it's like an open air market. It's
2: like yeah. an open air market, but it's in the building. Right. But it doesn't feel like it's in the building. Right. Yeah, they when did you good go job down there yeah. with
3: making it seem bigger than it is. So although I love that pavilion, I don't typically go on its ride, although we have in the past. So the Grand Fiesta Tour, starring the Three Caballeros, so for a little bit of context, the Three Caballeros are based off of uh, the Three Caballeros. So, uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) That that checks out. That That makes sense.
3: (laughs) So the original one, the Three Caballeros, is a 1944 American live-action animated musical package film, Produced by Walt Disney. The film premiered in Mexico City on December twenty first, nineteen forty four. So it was it's with Donald's three nephews, right? No. 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 So yeah. and it kind of expanded into like more movies and such. But bottom line, it stars Donald Duck, Jose, which is a parrot, a cartoon parrot, which is his friend.
2: That was he was always my favorite because he had the little guitar and the uh Oh okay like yeah. the straw hat.
3: Okay. Yeah, now I know who. He is. No, Jose is green. He has a oh maybe he does have a strong. Yeah, he he does. always has an umbrella.
2: Yeah. Okay. Sometimes yeah. Sometimes like a fancy little, umbrella. I think he has like a little guitar sometimes too.
3: Okay, that makes sense. And then you also have Panchito, which is a rooster. So he is red all over. And it's basically the ride itself is about six to seven minutes long, so it's actually a pretty long ride. Mm-hmm. It's a boat ride. Yeah. Um it's kind of set like the Right, It's a small world. There aren't any sudden drops or anything. Uh, It's kind of dark. And it's actually, the first part is kind of cool where as you're going along, you... So in the Mexican Pavilion, all the way in the back, you see a a temple, Mexican temple, and kind of like a little river. Mm. So in the ride, you're going right in front of that little temple, but behind all the Mexican open market area. So yeah. you, it's a different way to see the open market area. Right. Which is really nice. The ride itself, it's basically Donald and his f- two friends going on a trip to Mexico, and they're literally trying to find him the entire time.
1: Right.
2: They yep. lose him. So they Donald him. gets lost in comedic fashion.
3: Yes. But not only lost, like, he's actually kind of enjoying his time alone. Right. Right. <laughs> like, and they're just <laughs> trying to find him. And it's a mixture of... Of seeing like the character, so you see screens all over this ride, Mm -hmm. like TV Mm -hmm. screens almost. Obviously, like it, it looks like it's in rock or whatever, or in the temple. It's either the animation on top of a still picture, like a nice picture, or animation combining with live action.
2: Right.
3: So it's a mixture of those two things.
2: Kind of like showing places in Mexico. right? And, showing off like yeah, different places,
3: and, uh, the different um, culture and yeah. what they look like. And, and there's this one part that you go, and it's again, it's almost like a small world in this one part where you see little animatronics, same type as it's a small world. They do have like a almost like a Day of the Dead little section where you see skeletons, um, with, uh, sombreros, and playing guitars, and... Is that your um, to the ride? No, I don't think okay, so. Okay, Because I was that. wondering that, too. And then, at the end, they finally find him.
1: And that's when there are the three animatronics of them, mm-hmm. which are the best animatronics in the ride. Yeah. Right. right at the end of the ride. Right. Jose's actually from Brazil.
2: Mm-hmm. This was not the first movie with Jose, the three caballeros. So I think he showed up on his own in a prior Disney mm. movie.
3: And that oh, might have been, but they showed up together. They in showed up one.
2: together in this one, but I think Jose... I will, I will jump on my phone and find this out for the listener. Okay. For um, myself, but for the listeners.
3: <laughs> but uh, I did think it was funny because in the little, like, small world section... And it's basically it's like looks like Mexico and such like they're actually there's a scene where these kids are um, looks like you know they're obviously hitting a piñata but the yes. piñata is Donald
1: yeah piñata of yeah, Donald it always made me laugh yeah, yeah that so that was funny yeah
3: um, this is not my favorite ride it's kind of it's it's fine it's yeah. cute um, but it is forgettable
1: yeah and it is really a way to see different. Places that you maybe would want to visit. So, almost like a tourist uh, view of walking through all of Mexico, which is a lot, right? There are a lot of different parts of Mexico. While at the same time, you integrate the cartoon aspect in it, uh, which is, you know, the thread is that Donald's going to all these places to enjoy himself. Right. As a tourist. Traveling around the country, and the other two birds are Mm. tracking him down.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, and, you know, for years I was um, perfectly fine with that ride. In 2017, a film came out called Coco, and it was a 3D computer animated fantasy film produced by Pixar, released by Walt Disney Pictures, and the concept of Coco was inspired by the Mexican holiday, Day of the Dead. It is this really cute, like super cute family film, honestly when I first heard of it, it that they have been making a film about the day of the dad. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> I wasn't interested in seeing it at all. Oh yeah, so it took
0: me a really long time to actually see it. I th-
2: I and think that th- Dad and I went by ourselves. I think we did. to go see it in the theaters. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
0: I saw it. I think Netflix through Netflix. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. and and after I saw it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. Yeah, like I didn't have
3: any expectation at all that mm-hmm. it would
0: be cute at all, but it yeah. was really adorable.
3: It was. There has been like rumors about. Having a Coco ride replaced the Three Caballero ride.
1: Right. Using the same water system. Right.
3: both ride. Right. Just
1: yeah. re-skinning um, re- mm-hmm. the ride. Which yeah. it already did to the Three
2: Caballeros ride. Because it used to be a ride about... El Rio de Tempo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And it was about more of the history of, of Mexico. Right.
3: Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I found out that the Three Caballero ride... 2007. Yeah. And I was surprised at how... Recent that was Um, because
2: I can still remember the other
1: ride. Oh,
3: really? I don't remember it. Yeah, so
1: the other ride was it was opening an opening day ride for Epcot, the El Rio de Tiempo ride, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until 2007 that they added the three caballeros. They were the first. IP characters added to all of Epcot. So that was a big deal mm. because there was a desire to keep IP out of and it, those the characters, the Disney characters out of Epcot because it was meant to be a learning place. Like mm-hmm. people wanted to hang on to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the leadership at the time said, well, people were also saying we can learn and enjoy Disney. So why can't we bring it all together?
2: Right. Well, that's a fair point. I did uh, look it up and Jose does appear two years earlier in. The uh, Disney goes South American special, Saludos Amigos.
1: Yeah, that makes sense yeah. because Disney visited South America on the dime of the U.S. government as a goodwill tour, part of trying to keep South America on the good guy side of uh, World War II. Yep, so that uh,
2: 42 would have been right, right in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. That's interesting. I bet that's why that pair is Brazilian too. Right. Because they were the... The big country in there that we wanted to stay as allies, which it it did. So, thank you Walt Disney. I'm (laughs) sure sure that was the only factor. Right.
3: But I will say that they did, they have integrated some about Coco. So, recently when I did go into the Mexican Pavilion, they have like a little... Museum Yeah, like a little gallery about Coco. And it's titled like, Remember Me? And it looks like Coco's family, Day of the Dead... Family portrait exhibit or
0: gallery yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that yeah, family is like, shows. A gallery yeah. is
3: a really good way to put that. Yeah,
0: yeah, because yeah.
1: it, it talks a little bit about what some of the the uh, cultural um, decorations mm-hmm. um, mean, right? right? Because you see it in the movie, but they don't try to explain everything. So yeah. this little gallery gives a little more background mm-hmm. information.
3: Yeah, so um, that's really cute. You see um, Miguel.
1: In the, he's the main character of mm-hmm.
3: Coco. Yes. Right. They also have they have the dead bridal couple has sculptures. I thought that was cool. And they even have a new uh, Mir de los Muertos, which allows you to turn into a Day of the Dead skeleton-like creature. So you look into it and you can become a Day of the Dead um, neat. Um, skeleton, I guess. <laughs> so it, it's fun. I, I hope that they do consider making I'll, a Coco ride, but...
2: And you know what else they had in the Mexican Pavilion that was from Coco? What? They have the alebrijes, who are the little spirit animals which accompany you um, and kind of are your guardian in the land of the dead. So I remember seeing those, kind of this little animal. I think they were probably stuffed animals down in the Mexican Pavilion.
3: neat. I hope they do consider it. I don't think it's high on their priority list. I did see something about either having the cocoa ride or adding some... Mary popping something to England, they were having this back and forth about, but that is something that people are wondering and have been thinking about, so um, hopefully it's on their minds, but it'll be really
1: cute. You can even find a ride layout online of how Cocoa could be done o- overlaying the current Mexican that would water ride. That'd be really ride. cool. Yeah, yeah, so it's kind of interesting to see. It looks like a natural fit, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Our future festivities are for the week of July 27th. July 27th is... Bagpipe Appreciation Day. <laughs> it's also... International Bagpipe Appreciation yeah, right. Day. It's also National Sleepyhead
2: Day. Which I'm assuming nice. is Wake Up Sleepyhead because it's hard to sleep
1: with bagpipes playing. <laughs> that does seem like a, uh, a disconnect, man. Yep. <laughs> July 28th is Buffalo Soldiers Day. Mm-hmm. July 29th, National Chicken Wing Day. July 30th, International Day of Friendship. July 31st, National Avocado Day. August 1st, National Girlfriends Day. August 2nd, National Friendship Day. So you have an International Day of Friendship and then a National Friendship Day, separated by a few days. As always, you can follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at holiday underscore moons. On Instagram, we are at holiday moons, all one word. You can find us on Facebook by searching Holiday Moons in the search bar. We have a Facebook group and Facebook page. And you can contact us at any time at holidaymoons at gmail.com.
0: So for Beth,
1: Randy, Cole, Beth,
0: and Sydney, happy, happy summer.
2: summer. And have a bag piping good time.